Well, good evening, everyone. So I am advised by our town clerk that we have a quorum present. So thank you. Awesome. We'll announce a number a little bit later. Last time uh, we looked, it was going past 325, which is, which is excellent. Okay, so good evening and welcome. I'm Scott McDermott, and I have the privilege of once again moderating our 2022 special town meeting. We are conducting our special town meeting from three venues here at Medfield High School. So I want to welcome all our friends and neighbors who are in the lawn outside on the, under the tent. Hello there. Where I'm told it's at least 10 degrees uh, cooler than it is in the, in the gym. And we also want to welcome all of our friends and neighbors who are with us in the library. So welcome to you. And we look forward to going forward. Thank you all for being here. Uh, so we are doing something very important and special today. We are coming together as a legislative body made up of members of the community who are making the choice to participate in direct and democratic self-government and to make a very important and st strategic decision for the town of Medfield. Thank you for being here and giving us a quorum so we can get started. We ask our veterans first to stand, if you would, so we could recognize you and they will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you're a veteran, if you would please stand, thank you. And now if everybody would stand, we'll pledge allegiance and we'll stay standing for the national anthem. Okay. I pledge allegiance to the flag, United States of America. for all, the national anthem. Please be seated. Thank you. I'd like to introduce our town clerk, uh, Marion Binaldi, on my left here, and to ask Marion to please read the return of service. By virtue of this warrant, I have notified the inhabitants of the town of Medfield qualified to vote in elections by posting attested copies of the same at five places. 14 days before the special town meeting, as within directed. Signed by Constable Sandra Cronin, posted June 7th, 
2022, Mary Binaldi, Town Clerk. I now ask uh, our Chairman of our Board of Selectmen, Gus Murby, to please introduce the Executive Branch of Medfield's government. Starting to your right, Scott, we have Brittany Franklin, the Assistant to the Town Administrator. Uh, to the right of Brittany is Nick Milano, the Assistant Town Administrator. Next is Christine Trierweiler, the Town Administrator. To my right, Pete Peterson, Selectman. To his right, Eileen Murphy, Selectman. To her right, Lisa Mead, the attorney who is helping us with this transaction at the State Hospital. And to Lisa's right, Mark Sorrell, our Town Council. Awesome. Thank you. For all these people and many more of you, of course, town meeting is not an event, but it's a, a process, and so I thank all of these folks for their commitment and devotion to the entire process. So thank you. And as I turn uh, to my left, I'd ask Jeremy Marset, chairperson of the Warren Committee, to introduce our Warren Committee. Thank you. Uh, to my left, uh, Warren Committee members, Steve Callahan, Shannon, Sharon Tatro, Bob Sliney, Mather Eldred, Amanda Hall, Jillian Rafter, and Ed Vizella. And I'd like to thank Amanda Hall. This will be her last town meeting uh, for her service on the Warren Committee. Thank you. A quick and sincere word of appreciation for the Warren Committee, who uh, buckled up right after our annual town meeting only six weeks ago and dived into the articles before us tonight with their usual uh, thoughtfulness and thoroughness and skill, and so thank you for your work over the last six weeks. Much appreciated. So we now do a motion. Thank you. At this time, we'll be making a motion to permit non-voting participants to sit within the town meeting and to speak to the community as requested. We reserve a special visitor section of the meeting for this purpose, and I would ask Brittany Franklin, assistant to the town administrator, to, the, uh, to read the name of our invited visitors. Christine Trierweiler, town administrator. Mark Sorrell, town council. Lisa Mead, special counsel. Nicholas Milano, assistant town administrator. Brittany Franklin, assistant to the town administrator. Joy Recuto, town accountant. Andrew Foster, Assistant Town Accountant. Sarah Raposa, Town Planner. Gary Pelletier, Building Commissioner. Kevin Ryder, Parks and Recreation Director. Roberta Lynch, Council on Aging Director. Maurice Goulet, Director of Public Works. Michelle Garrett, Police Chief. William Carrico, Fire Chief. Kathy Vandenboom, Human Resources Director. Owen Okorka, IT Director. Carlos Dos Santos, IT Coordinator. Brenda Healy, Public Health Nurse. Amy Colloran, Facilities Director. Jim Keefe, Trinity Financial. Abby Goldenfarb, Trinity Financial. Ida Dikiti, Trinity Financial. Icon Architecture, Kendra Halloway. Bethany Moody, Icon Architecture. Matt Keeley, VHB, Jeff Kateritz, VHB, Ryan Dale, VHB, Ambrose Donovan, McPhail Associates, Deidre Robinson, Robinson and Cole, Matt Lawler, Robinson and Cole, Jessica Bardi, Robinson and Cole. 
Thank you. I move that non-voting uh, non guests sitting in the visitor section be permitted to sit within the town meeting and to engage with our community as requested. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Uh, opposed? The motion carries. We welcome you and we thank you all for your service to the town. I would now ask that anyone else who is not registered as a voter in Medfield, please do go to the, the visitor section. Everyone who is a voter should have a bracelet, so if we kind of raise our hands, we have our bracelets, and, and thank you very much. Uh, we're going to move to uh, meeting guidelines. Uh, as you know, you've heard this, most of you, before. The subject matter of the meeting is limited to the two articles set forth in the report of the warrant. The warrant serves as formal notice of the subject matter of the special town meeting, but our actions tonight will not be on the articles as written, but they are on the, our actions tonight will be on the motions that are on the floor. I will recognize a member of the Warren Committee for the purpose of making the main motion and articles. After the main motion is offered, I will recognize a member of the Warren Committee to provide a report on the deliberations, finding, and recommendations of the committee. All speakers should be recognized by the moderator before providing their comments or views. All speakers should speak to the community by addressing their comments through the moderator. I have discussed and allocated reasonable time limits on presentations in the first part of our meeting, and I will enforce discretionary time limits on speakers in the open portion of the meeting. Uh, I apologize, as I do always in advance, uh, if I offend anyone by uh, cutting you off before you've completed your remarks, or if you are the next person in line when we make our decision to call the question. Uh, state statute provides that the moderator shall preside and regulate the proceedings, decide all questions of order, and make public declara declarations of all vote. It will be the practice of the moderator to take voice votes. If the moderator is in doubt, I will look for a, uh, a show of hands. If we can't make a determination tonight based on a show and a very clear uh, determination, because we, uh, Article 1 and Article 2 both do require a supermajority of, of two-thirds of the voters, then we will use the voting cards. So if we can't make a determination based on the voice votes and show of hands, which is uh, difficult because it requires a two-thirds vote and also difficult because we're in three venues, then we will vote by voting card. Um, if we do proceed after a voice vote or a vote by hand, any seven members of the community can come forward and make a demand that, a, that we use the voting cards. So when we get to that point, I will make that, that point reminder. Uh, state statutes and town bylaws require that motions on certain subjects be enacted by more than a majority. Both of our articles tonight require a supermajority of two-thirds. Uh, I'll say hello to uh, Bob Meany, who is uh, under the tent serving as uh, an assistant moderator. I'll be communicating with Bob and all the folks under the tent, and to Tim Dolan, who's the assistant moderator in the library. And I want to thank uh, Bill Gallagher and, and David Hendren for supporting Conrad Bletzer and helping us uh, orchestrate what we need to, to, to have this meeting run smoothly. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the proceedings real quickly. Uh, as published in the warrant report, we will get a, a warrant committee motion on Article 1, a positive motion from the warrant committee. We will then go to a warrant committee report, uh, and then we will have presentations by the Medfield State Hospital Development Committee and presentations by Trinity F Financial. You know, my guidance to them has been to try to keep that to uh, 12 minutes or under, and then we will have comments by the Board of Selectmen. We'll then have a period of time where people can approach the microphones to ask questions, interrogatories. So those will be, while we keep the folks who presented up here, 
the opportunity to be able to ask a question, for gain a clarification, uh, but not to make comments, because right after we do questions, we'll open up the mic, we'll hear the voice of opposition, and we'll hear the proponents. Opposition at microphone number one, the proponents at microphone number two, and then we will vote on Article 1. We'll then proceed to Article 2. If we, by voice vote or a show of hands, we're able to make the determination of, of a two-third vote passing in Article 1, uh, we'll move right to Article 2. If we do voting cards, we'll do the voting, and then we'll return to Article 2, and we'll do our, our, our motion and our uh, Warrant Committee report and any comments or questions associated with it, but then we will wait for the um, the results on Article Number One, because if Article One were to fail to pass, then uh, we would get a motion to dismiss Article Number Two from the from the Warrant Committee. So those are our procedures for the evening. I think we're ready to get going. Thank you again for being here. I'm going to turn uh, to Steve Callahan of the Warrant Committee, who's going to make a motion on Article Number One. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Article 1. Move that the Board of Selectmen is authorized to convey to Trinity Acquisition LLC or its designee portions of the property known as, quote, Medfield State Hospital, end quote, approximately as shown on a plan entitled Exhibit A Project Area and dated June 15, 2022 but specifically excluding the CAM lease area as shown on said plan, and in addition to grant any permanent easements as further shown on a plan entitled Exhibit B, Easement Areas, and dated June 15, 2022, and temporary easements as may be required, all in accordance with the, that certain land disposition agreement dated June 21, 2022, and to accomplish said conveyance and transfer, negotiate, and execute any and all documents necessary to effectuate same and which are in the best interest of the town. And B, further, that in accordance with section 110-12 of the general bylaws of the town of Medfield, the town approves a sewer extension to provide sewer service to the project contemplated under the agreement and which service will be in excess of 500 feet. Thank you. Now Steve is going to provide a report from the Warren Committee on their findings and their conclusions and their recommendations. Do we have the, the slide? The slide should be okay. coming right over there. Okay. We go to the next slide, please. In 2014, after having secured an opportunity to control our own destiny with a potential purchase of the Medfield State Hospital, the town came together at a special town meeting to debate and vote on the purchase of 127 acres for 3.1 million. With imperfect information, residents approved this purchase despite many risks and unknowns. Chief among these risks to the town was the assumed liabilities for environmental issues for hazardous materials such as asbestos and lead in the buildings, as well as what a marketable master plan would look like. We took a big leap of faith and trusted that as a community, we could successfully navigate 
a planned disposition that one, managed these risks, two, was consistent with the goals and values chosen by the community, and three, would be economically attractive to developers. Our community spent several years doing outreach, completing surveys, conducting due diligence, and running financial model Monte Carlo simulations on potential scenarios. Over 3,000 residents participated in developing a vision for this property, and an award-winning master plan was developed and approved in 2018, with zoning approved shortly thereafter in 2019. The preferred solution maximized core values such as open space, recreation, historical rehabilitation, support for the arts, while minimizing the impact of new development to the taxpayers of Medfield. However, the preferred solution was just that, preferred. It had not been tested against the market realities of real estate developers. After a competitive RFP process, we now have a real proposal and a negotiated agreement with a reputable developer, Trinity Financial, that meets the key components of the vision set forth in the preferred solution. It also allows for the elimination of a $20 million town liability related to the abatement of building hazardous materials while providing a conservatively estimated positive fiscal contribution to our town's operating budget of $474,000 per year. The article before you tonight, if approved, provides authority to the select board to dispose of the Medfield State Hospital land in accordance with the provisions stipulated in the land disposition agreement. Next slide, please. The land disposition agreement, or the LDA, accomplishes many things. First, the non-financial considerations include the following. It ensures a certified historic rehabilitation of up to 33 buildings with a maximum of 334 rental units. The LDA limits the number of two and three bedroom unit configurations, minimizing the impact of school-aged children. The LDA ensures that public access to the core campus, the Bell Forge Arts Center, and surrounding open spaces is maintained. The LDA, by authorizing the transfer of property to Trinity, eliminates the town's 20 million abatement liability for hazardous materials in the building. The agreement also releases and discharges the town from any liability related to hazardous materials on transferred property. Lastly, the LDA provides for standard protections, conditions, and provisions related to the permitting process, indemnifications, title transfer, and default. Next slide, please. The financial considerations of the land disposition agreement include a $2 million property acquisition payment for approximately 45 acres, which is only 35% of the original land acquired. The land being disposed of consists of the core campus west slope and a buildable subzone in the north field. The LDA provides for a $1 million one-time non-contingent payment for the sole purpose of offsetting impacts to schools and Medfield School Department. The LDA also allows for 525,000 in payments for the town incurred redevelopment project management costs, as well as reimbursement of certain RFP costs. 
the LDA obligates Trinity Financial to raise all private and public funds necessary to pay for costs of public improvements for roadways, water and sewer infrastructure, and the design and construction of traffic improvements at key intersections. The LDA specifically states that the town will not make any monetary contribution to fund infrastructure improvements. Next slide, please. Due diligence on the proposed project. It's important to remember that due diligence on the Metfield State Hospital property has occurred over many years by the town and remediation of certain partials has been undertaken by the state. Due diligence efforts on this particular proposed project before you were completed by Trinity, the town, and their respective consultants. Specifically, Trinity has conducted extensive due diligence, including market studies, building inspections, environmental assessment, hazardous material studies, utilities and infrastructure, traffic studies, and an impact, fiscal impact analysis. The town has also hired independent consultants to peer review the utilities and infrastructure reports, traffic studies, and fiscal impact analysis. In addition, over 14 town land use boards and committees participated in due diligence and or information sessions. And lastly on the slide is a quote from the Peregrine Group, an independent consultant hired by the town, stating that, quote, investigation and due diligence completed is exceptional and exceeds the typical level of work at this preliminary stage of a project. Next slide, please. The fiscal impact analysis it was done by Fogere and peer-reviewed by Carl Seidman Consulting. It conservatively estimates a net positive fiscal impact to our yearly operating budget of 474,000. The estimated revenues from property tax and excise tax are 1,392. The estimated total marginal costs from the proposed project are 845,000 and limited to a few town departments most notably the school department, along with DPW, police, and fire. Collectively, they account for 94% of the total costs. The largest department is the school department, which accounts for 63% of the marginal cost. These additional costs are related to new teachers and bus transportation for an anticipated 66 new school-aged children. In addition to consultants, Town departments such as finance, school, public works, building, water and sewer have reviewed this fiscal impact analysis. Last slide, please. So the conclusions of the Warrant Committee, as just explained, for the first time, the Medfield State Hospital property will generate property tax revenue and result in a conservatively estimated net positive fiscal impact to the town's yearly operating budget. The proposed development closely aligns with the town's master plan's preferred solution, vision, core values, and goals. This, proje this project removes a significant estimated $20 million town abatement liability for the building's hazardous materials. It's important to note that if Article 1 does not pass, and the town needs to demolish the buildings after remediation, our costs will only increase significantly above the $20 million 
for the added cost of demolition. In addition, the town will retain the Arboretum parcel and benefit from any future phase two development. The town will not pay for any infrastructure costs. There will be a positive community benefit uh, impact from Trinity's support for the success of the Belforge Arts Center. This agreement provides for significant one-time cost reimbursement mitigation payments to the town and school departments. And the agreement will provide protection against future hostile 40B projects. And lastly, the chosen developer, Trinity Financial, is reputable with significant experience in historic rehabilitation. To date, they have demonstrated a willingness to listen and creatively respond to the town's concerns, and we trust that they will be a responsible partner in the future. The Warrant Committee unanimously recommends passage of Article 1. Thank you very much. Uh, Next, we'll be having a presentation from the Medfield State Hospital Development Committee. Todd. Good evening, I'm Todd Treabanco, Chair of the Medfield State Hospital Development Committee, and I'm joined here tonight by my fellow committee members, Johnny Martinez, Chris McMahon, and of course, Selectman Gus Murby. There's a good short summary of the Development Committee's role printed in your warrant. Uh, you just heard from Steve Callahan of the Warrant Committee, an excellent overview of the financial benefits of the Trinity proposal, and shortly you will hear from Trinity directly. So in view of the limited time granted to me by our moderator, I thought it best to focus on why this proposal is a good idea from the standpoint of the Development Committee. Now, Scott, it's challenging to do that in 12 minutes after four years of uh, meetings. And in thinking about this, it actually seemed easiest to start back in 2014 with the special town meeting vote to acquire the hospital and the decision that we made uh, at that time as a town. So, uh, you know, it, going back and, and watching that, it's actually pretty inspirational. Uh, one of the reasons is the entire meeting was an hour and 10 minutes long, and this decision was made in 2014. Um, and it was a near unanimous vote. And there's an awful lot of familiar faces. Uh, Scott, of course, doing his usual job, uh, great job as the moderator. Um, Selectman Pete Peterson, who ultimately signed the agreement with the state to acquire the hospital. Uh, former Selectman Mike Marcucci, then a member of, I believe, the Warrant Committee, and, and Gus Murby as well. A lot of people have spent a lot of time on this over the years, and the big theme of the meeting was the opportunity for Medfield, that Medfield had to act to prevent unfriendly development that would be controlled by the state, not by the town. It was all about the town, as Pete Peterson said at that meeting. There were no opposition speakers at that meeting. When there was a call for a vote, uh, there was a very resounding uh, yes vote in this gymnasium. And when uh, there was a, a call for those opposed, there was a little bit of awkward laughter and then a lot of applause. Um, Scott then called for a uh, show of hands. And in view of the camera, you can see a single hand go up, no. Uh, 
Um, so literally one, one vote no. And I think what you heard from the speakers at that meeting, including, for example, John Harney, who's been involved in this a long time, was about the opportunity. John was the first person to get up and speak in favor of it as a remarkable piece of property. And uh, John, it was very moving. He received a standing ovation for those comments. There was also a lot of talk about risk. What is the town getting into with this? We didn't want the state to come in and allow something to be built that the town opposed, but at the same time, the town, we would need to figure it out ourselves. Uh, the buildings were known to have environmental issues. We'd be facing cleanup costs and maintenance costs, not to mention the liability of trying to protect the property and vandalism or uh, you know, anything happening while people are up on site. But the discussion was really about how to develop it and not if to redevelop it. It was very clear that buying the property and not doing anything with it was, was a very dangerous position for the town to be in. So ultimately, uh, the town voted yes and acquired the property subject to terms of a land disposition agreement with the state. And uh, that land disposition agreement with the state also called for a profit sharing in the eventual event of a sale or long-term lease of the property. So just a quick overview here of what we actually bought. So we bought 127 acres, which are parcels A and B in the red outline. The parcels in yellow are about 106 acres and belong to various agencies of the state, including mostly conservation land and recreation land in A1 and A2, and also uh, parcel C. But we bought the 127 acres in red, which uh, is 127 acres of beautiful land, which came with a lot of vacant buildings and a lot of liability both the environmental liability and just the general liability, as I mentioned. And since we acquired the property in 2014, as a town, we spent about $1.6 million you know, through the end of March this year in various costs associated with maintaining it, even though it generates no taxes for the town. So I don't know if you've ever been in these buildings or if your kids have been in them and taken pictures, but this is what we're talking about here, of what we own a couple of representative photos. So in terms of our role in this process, the selectmen formed the development committee in 2018. It was comprised of real estate professionals, Midfield residents that weren't involved with the master plan that had been created in the four years leading up to that. And our first task was to you know, go out and test the master plan in the market. The master plan didn't, it had economic modeling, which I think was well, it was very useful, but it was not really tested in the market with would, would developers actually do this. So we first created a request for information process. We sent it to about 35 developers. We ended up interviewing five. We identified strong interest in the property, including in the, the historic rehabilitation of the property. But there were definitely some caveats. One was you need to change the zoning because it was then zoned business industrial. We, we did that as a town, special town meeting in 2019, we voted to change the zoning. And the other thing we learned is that we were likely to face trade-offs in pursuing this in the market. As one of the interviewees said, you know, Todd, the problem is when I read the master plan, you guys want one of everything. And the truth is, you know, that's not how real estate gets developed. There's a whole range of things in the plan and you're not gonna be able to get all of them. And you just have to decide what's most important. So after the zoning passed, 
uh, we were authorized by the Board of Selectmen to go to request for proposals, a formal request for proposals, and we did that through a public process that began in the fall of 2020 and went into the first quarter of 2021 when we issued the RFP. And we went through multiple rounds of public comment and selectmen review. And the RFP itself was informed by the master plan, but it did allow for deviations. We were interested in what the market would be willing to do. Um, we didn't want to force anything on anybody that was going to end up being not sustainable or just you know, give us a different problem in Medfield. And we also had, had to adhere to this chapter 30B, which is the state law that applies to the sale or lease of municipal property. So there are a lot of requirements about what needs to be in your RFP, including published evaluation criteria and various other um, uh, components that are required to show that um, you know, it's being marketed op you know, openly and fairly. So when we issued the RFP, it was done very broadly. We had a formal marketing plan that was required by the state under the 2014 agreement. That went out to, I believe, about 35 recipients. The town had its own list of about 50 firms or individuals that expressed interest in the hospital over the years. We uh, advertised in the Central Register and the Hometown Weekly. And, you know, in the end, uh, had, I, my number was 90 downloads of the RFP on the town's website. I think Nick Milano's count is a little higher, but uh, we got a lot of calls, a lot of interest. And then uh, when we did get to the bid deadline, we were somewhat surprised that we only received two proposals. So we did some calling around as to why that was, and I'm happy to talk about that uh, tonight if people want to discuss that. So we then went to evaluation of the proposals that we received. We invited public comment on the proposals, which were posted to the town's website. Uh, we invited public questions to be submitted or comments, and also questions for the interviews we were gonna conduct with developers, which were done over Zoom and, and allowed for public participation in those meetings. The two proposals that we got, the one from Trinity Financial is 460 pages. The other was from Pulte Homes, which was actually three proposals. It was a total of 40 pages. So we spent a couple of months evaluating these according to our criteria, uh, getting input from various parts of the community and the developers, and ultimately we decided to the selectmen to, to recommend Trinity Financial based on the strength of their proposal and their, their overall track record. So overall, looking back, we had over 55 public meetings, the development committee did, between when we were formed in September of 2018 and March of this year. Uh, March of this year is when Trinity Financial was formally designated by the selectmen. We had completed extensive due diligence both before the RFP, we had our own studies of water capacity, for example. But then we also uh, worked with Trinity in March to develop a due diligence matrix of the studies they were going to do and give us access to. We hired our own consultants to peer review key issues like water traffic and school impact. And we put all these studies online basically as we were receiving them so anybody interested can read them. Since March, we've also met with over 14 town boards and committees. And there has been four public information sessions with Trinity Financial. There were two in May, two in June, and that's after an April listening session that the development committee did at the, uh, here at the high school in the first week of April. 
So our conclusion as a committee, which was unanimous, you know, why Trinity? Well, because Trinity met the requirements or the things we said we wanted in this, in, in this RFP, which reflected all the community input um, as part of master planning. Their proposal preserves the beauty and openness of the campus. It restores and reuses the historic buildings. It ensures community access to all open space and recreational areas. It contributes positively to town finances. It furthers our town housing goals. And it supports the development of the proposed cultural arts center. Uh, that arts center was approved by the voters at special town meeting in 2018, about three years before we published our RFP. So it was important to us to understand how developers would interact with what the town had approved for the chapel and infirmary buildings on the site. So why do we recommend approval of this? Well, we think it's a really good deal. We're transferring 45 acres approximately. And that's not any 45 acres, that's the 45 acres that have 29 contaminated buildings on them. And we're transferring it to somebody who knows how to deal with them and has dealt with them successfully on other projects. We'll receive $2 million in exchange for that. We're sharing with the state. We think about a million six of that stays in Medfield. We receive a million dollar school mitigation payment. We receive up to $525,000 in cost recovery for our costs going forward between now and completion of construction. We have traffic improvements paid for Trinity at uh, three key intersections. And all the new infrastructure at the site will be paid for by Trinity and the project, not the taxpayers. We also avoid the $20 million in environmental remediation costs that Steve mentioned. We eliminate significant liabilities in the process. We're transferring these properties with their environmental history. And we reduce our ongoing costs because the land we're keeping is primarily open space. And we're keeping the Arboretum, which has seven wood frame cottages. But compared to the maintenance costs, I'm sure John Thompson is here tonight, um, you know, we're, we're resolving that issue as well. So really, just in summary, we're keeping 82 acres of the 127 acres that we bought in 2014. It's all the significant open space areas north of Hospital Road. It's the valuable Arboretum parcel, which we may choose to develop in the future or not, and all the land south of Hospital Road. Uh, the project will generate significant positive annual revenues. I personally think those numbers are conservative, Steve, but I know that's your role. Um, and we're well protected with the LDA because the sale doesn't close until the project is fully permitted and all the financing is in place. So if you approve this tonight, the property doesn't transfer to Trinity tomorrow. It's probably 18 months of permitting and raising all the capital. So if they don't get the permits and they don't raise the capital, they don't get the property. We have other protections in the LDA. What happens if there's a problem during construction? What happens if Trinity has a financial issue that um, are very strong for us? We can replace them uh, the property can revert to the town under certain circumstances, but uh, I'd rather be positive than negative and point out that Trinity has never failed to complete construction on a project they've started. So finally, my PowerPoint skills are not good, but um, on the left, you'll recognize the slide with parcels A and B we bought in 2014, and what is proposed to be sold to Trinity on the right. And that map is in your warrant, and I'm guessing you might see it a couple more times tonight, but 
on the right, that area basically represents where the giant capital A is on the left. So you all know from being up there where, the, where these, these beautiful old brick buildings are that are in need of some attention. It's, it's that core campus area in the west slope. We're keeping the north field. Uh, we're keeping the arboretum parcel. The water tower was never part of this and the land south of Hospital Road was never part of this. So for all of those reasons, uh, the development community, committee, excuse me, and just based on our work in real estate, we see this as very attractive because we are basically selling our, our cost and liability center to somebody who knows how to deal with it and will give us something very attractive in return up at the site as well as uh, covering basically all the costs uh, and then some. So for those reasons, the development committee strongly recommends the passage of Article 1 tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you to the committee. Thank you. Okay, we're now going to hear from our prospective development partner, Trinity Financial. Thank you so much for having us here today. Thank you, Speaker, Mc, um, Moderator McDermott, for having us. I'm going to try and figure this out. OK. Well, Todd told me over the weekend that he was going to use a quote by Mike Tyson in his presentation, which he didn't. Um, so I started searching for quotes of my own. And he dismissed a couple of them, but I ended up with this one, which is, never underestimate the power of a small group of committed people to change the world. In fact, it is the only thing that ever does, by Margaret Mead. And some of you may be thinking, wow, those guys at Trinity are really full of themselves. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they think they're really great. But it struck me in reading this that today's meeting is not really about Trinity. We are basically the new kids on the block. From our experience, and what I learned today from Sarah, is that this has been going on for a long time. Sarah, has been, Sarah Raposa, the town planner, has been working on this project for 10 years. Christine, the town administrator, has been working on this for 20 years. So they are really some of the people that uh, we are learning from every day just how important this project is to the town. We have met over the past three months with a number of people who really have spent years and nights and spent reading over reports, uh, reading into numbers, questioning numbers, questioning methods. Um, and those people are the ones who are the stewards of this project. There are people like Jess Riley, who's on the Medfield School Committee, who's not just looking at this project, but looking at all of the other developments that have happened in Medfield and what their impacts will be on the Medfield schools. We're looking at people like the Warrant Committee, Jeremy, Ed, and Steve, who are digging into the numbers and are getting emails day and night from people questioning the numbers. We've met people like Bill Massaro, an individual town resident, who has negotiated previous arrangements and 
um, negotiations with DCAM, reading into the numbers, questioning them, and really trying to do what is best for the town. We've met people like Michelle Garrett, the, the chief, police, chief of police, who's wondering how will this development impact her department and what will the results be of new housing at the property. We've met people like Gil Rogers at the Norfolk Hunt Club, who, by the way, living in Boston, I didn't even know such a thing existed as the Norfolk Hunt Club. And the idea of living in a place where I could actually see these horses go by chasing a foxhound is, just blows my mind and is incredible. Uh, but he's been thinking about how will his group of followers and, and members be able to access this property, which is so important to them uh, when it's developed. We've met people like Jean Minio and Mike Metzler, who are some of the most creative people we've ever met and have incredible dreams for the campus. And not just dreams, they were out there this weekend leading a hip hop event and are just so dedicated to this property. Uh, the, the list goes on. Jim Nail at the Medfield Energy Commission, who's pushing us, I mean, really, won't take no for an answer on, on how we can become better stewards of the property and use better sustainable energy. And of course, people like Todd Trebenko and Johnny Martinez, who have been getting calls and emails about the property uh, for many years. As a parent and as a working parent, I'm in awe that these people have spent years out of their life dedicated to this property when they have families and jobs and, and also during the pandemic. It wasn't like they were just sitting back in their sweatpants thinking like, oh, someday we'll figure out the Medfield State Hospital. They were working to put together an RFP. So I think the question in front of you today is why Trinity and why now? From our experience, uh, we'll tell you what we think, and then, of course, it will be up to you to decide. We have 35 years of experience working on properties like the Medfield State Hospital. We see historic buildings, and we fall in love with them and what they have the potential to be. Uh, we've seen properties that are in far worse shape than Medfield State Hospital. But the sheer magnitude of the hospital is what's really challenging, and that's a challenge we're excited to take on. We're well capitalized, as Todd mentioned earlier, and we've never failed to complete a project that is under construction. That matters. You don't want a project sitting there that's half done in your town. Our proposal is in response to the town's master plan. Actually, we tried as hard as we could to come in just one number under the proposed housing uh, allowance that you allowed in the ma town's master plan. We didn't feel like there was work to be done because the work had been done by people in your town. Uh, we are proposing 334 new apartment homes and we'll be adding these to the town's affordable housing inventory. Our plan preserves public access, retains the character of the town, and supports CAM's efforts. The plan has evolved since we first responded to the RFP in response to comments like we received from the Norfolk Hunt Club and from neighbors who want to make sure that the property made, 
is maintained as a place where they can teach their kids to ride bikes, where they can walk their dogs, and we're in support of that. This is the site plan. Uh, this was what, where we started. We initially had included the Arboretum, but we envision this as a place that is a new neighborhood in Medfield. It's not a gated community. We welcome folks to come in and ride their bikes, uh, walk their dogs. We ask folks to be respectful as you would want neighbors to be in your neighborhood. Uh, we have great uh, architects and designers and traffic engineers, and they are um, eager to get going on filling in the details of this plan. We've also heard from you at our landscape and design charrettes and learned what types of uh, landscape you'd like to see. We know you want to preserve as many trees as possible. You want places for your dogs. You want places for kids to play. Um, native plantings are important, really making sure that what is important to the town of Medfield stays that way, and we're respectful of that. We're not coming in with our own vision of how this is. We really just want to enhance what is there today. We've created different opportunities for public access. Again, as I said earlier, the, the project will allow we want to be a neighbor. We want to have people come in, uh, walk the grounds, uh, be respectful with their dogs. Um, the streets will be public so that folks can drive through at any time. Um, again, this, from our perspective, is a new neighborhood. When I was there over the weekend uh, with my dog, Milo, who loved it, um, we, it wasn't hard to see this picture coming to reality. You just really have to squint and you can imagine, you know, the, the beautiful flowers planted, lights in the windows, beautiful windows, landscaping. Um, this is a view looking towards uh, the community center that we're proposing and it's not hard to imagine this happening. This is another view. We've talked to the CAM about doing a public art or a call for artists. I know this is in Jean's wheelhouse and that's something we've done before on projects. But again, you didn't have to do anything but squint just to see that like this could really happen and this, it's not gonna take a lot for this to be um, as beautiful as these renderings. So the other question after hopefully we've answered why Trinity is why now? And from our perspective, uh, you have many years of planning and people uh, that have put eyes on this project and have created the plan of what you want to see. The buildings definitely need attention. Uh, we had some people access them and there's, they're not all structurally sound. Uh, there's challenges there. Our structural engineer actually fell partway through one of the floors. Um, I guess that's part of his job that he seemed to enjoy. Um, but, uh, you know, they have significant hazardous materials and uh, we're willing to take on that, um, that risk. They've suffered damage. A lot of, the, I learned a new word, which is the valleys of the roofs, which are where the two roofs come together. There's been a lot of water infiltration and deterioration that's impacted those um, parts of the 
roofs, and um, that presents a risk for structural integrity going forward. Finally, we think this project has momentum. After many years of planning, um, we are bringing what we think is the A-team to this project. We have a group of architects and engineers and um, all levels of consultants who have look at these challenges as opportunities and uh, we're all willing to work together to combat the threats that are out there. There are threats out there. This is not going to be easy. There are rising construction costs, supply chain issues, interest rates are rising, um, but we are ready to take this on. Just a couple things we heard, and I, I did hear that, unfortunately, John is not here tonight. He's traveling. But um, in our many meetings, we have heard from John, who is one of the people who Honestly, I couldn't believe that he was a volunteer. Um, he spent so many hours daily at the property, pr like protecting the buildings, caring about the buildings. He actually helps people whose families had family members there and helps them kind of find out information about their families. Um, it's quite touching how involved he is in the property. But he wanted to, us to remember to kind of harness the good energy that comes out of there and look at it as a place for healing and respite. And we know it's meant a lot to the community, especially during the pandemic. But we hope to honor that um, in our proposal moving forward. We also heard from the Medfield School Committee, and this was really important. We attended a couple of their meetings and understood from their perspective, it seemed that the project wasn't really about, their concern wasn't really about saving the buildings, but more what would happen to Medfield schools after this project came online, in addition to the other projects that were slated or under construction. And because of that, we added a million dollars in payment directed towards the Medfield schools. And this is a result of your Medfield school committee really looking out for the town. This is not Trinity. We were in response uh, to their concerns. So this is another reason why now. Finally, when it came to um, Concerns we heard even more over the weekend about people needing access. We proposed improvements to three intersections, and people want to make sure that their families have safe access to the hospital, that they have access to the fields across the street, um, that we are aware of where there needs to be sidewalks and where there doesn't need to be sidewalks. And we've, we've kind of put those conversations off until after tonight, and then we know that uh, the many people I spoke with over the weekend, I told them to talk to us on Wednesday, um, and we'll, we'll see if we can help with those conversations. Um, I know Bill, was also, Bill Massaro was also um, definitely paying attention to making sure we were clear about what traffic numbers came from Trinity and what came from CAM, and that's really important. He wanted to clarify that, and his, um, many hours of reading our traffic studies and the appendices of our traffic studies, which not many people read those, um, was, was paid off. 
So finally, um, people ask that we talk about the project schedule, and quite frankly, we are really superstitious at Trinity. Um, we don't think, we haven't thought really past kind of what happens tomorrow or tonight. Um, so what would happen if we proceed is that we would begin um, authorizing our team to go ahead and finishing our due diligence. We have more buildings left to study in detail. Uh, we have buildings to design, roads to design, sidewalks to design. Um, we'd really get that started um, in the month of July. Uh, we then would start the permitting process. Uh, we've already applied to the National Park Service and Mass Historic for our part one determination to confirm the buildings are historic, and they are. Um, but we had to get that confirmation. And then we would work, as we always do, to pull all these pieces of the puzzle together. And by March of 2024, um, knock on wood, we will all be standing at a um, groundbreaking. And again, we're the new kids on the block. This is your project, and we're just happy to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. We're now going to hear from the, the uh, Board of Selectmen. Uh, Gus, you want to start us off? Uh, thank you, Mr. Moderator. I suspect that many of you have already seen the BOS statement in support of the Trinity project that was posted yesterday on the patch, so I don't think it's necessary to repeat it here. Instead, I would like to speak to anyone in the crowd who is still uncertain about whether they should support this project. As I mentioned in the patch statement, the town bought this property in order to control our destiny in regard to what happens to the state hospital property, perhaps the single most important piece of developable real estate in town. I think the most compelling arguments for approving this project are positive ones. This project has evolved over the almost eight years since the town bought the state hospital property under the thoughtful, competent leadership of a number of people who had the critical skills and a willingness to volunteer those skills throughout the time the town has owned the property. You're going to hear some names repeated here that you've already heard previously, but not this one. Steve Nolan, who chaired the MSH Master Planning Committee and oversaw the development of the zoning bylaws that are in place to govern redevelopment of the state hospital property, uh, is a lawyer who specializes in these types of redevelopment projects. Bill Massaro and John Harney played leading roles in holding the state accountable for the cleanup of several environmental problem areas on the property, not because they are experienced in environmental cleanup, but because they dug in and figured out how to use the state's laws and regulations in this area and use that knowledge to hold the state accountable for cleaning the site up. Imagine what the conversation we are having tonight would have been like if there were still significant environmental liabilities present on the site. While all this was going on, John Thompson has been present on the ground, volunteering his time to oversee the maintenance and security of the property. I can't count the number of weekends I have seen John at the state hospital, either working on landscaping or providing information to people who have come to the, visit the property. Since the town approved the special zoning for the state hospital property, the MSH Development Committee has benefited from the masterful leadership of Todd Triabenko, along with Johnny Martinez and Chris McMahon as members of the committee. 
All three have in-depth experience in structuring large, complex real estate development projects, and they have ably guided the town through the process of defining what the town wanted by way of the redevelopment of the property, obtaining and evaluating proposals from developers to meet those requirements, and most recently, negotiating an LDA with Trinity Financial LLC that will enable the pro project to move forward. If you here tonight decide that that's the destiny you want for the property. And while I'm talking about Trinity, make no mistake, Trinity is one of the preeminent, if not the preeminent developers capable of taking on a project of this nature and complexity. We have a partner in this effort that gives us the best chance we'll have of succeeding with this project, in my opinion. My point here is that the proposed course of action under consideration tonight is the result of the efforts of a number of smart, experienced, and dedicated people who have worked throughout this process to listen to what people here in town wanted and to deliver as best they could what people were asking for. Looking forward, I would ask you to envision what this property can become for Medfield. Cam's recent events provide an inkling of what that future could look like as Jean Minio and her associates start to breathe life into a small part of this property. How much better will it be when there is a vibrant neighborhood with restored unique buildings to complement a first-class music and arts center? Medfield's historic connection with the arts can be extended to the present with what we do if this project is carried out. At the end of the day, this project has the potential to honor our past, maintain and strengthen our town's character, and enliven our future. All you have to do is to decide that that is the destiny you want for this important town asset. Thank you very much. Pete? Any other comments from the stage? If not, we may hear sirens shortly, by the way, because our girls lacrosse team is going to be escorted by the police back here after just winning the state championship. Yeah, right. oh. Awesome. Okay, it's time for questions. Uh, questions, uh, if Todd, Abby, if you want to uh, just go back to the podium, if you would, for a, for a minute, we'll see if there are questions for the Warren Committee, for Steve, for Gus. If anybody has a question, uh, if they want to approach microphone number one or two, you know I've had to define questions in the past. Uh, they often have this kind of intonation at the end, and they're designed to get information. So microphone number one. Hi. So I promise it's a question. Um, so I'm Peggy C. Worthison, 28 South Street. Thank you very much for everybody who's worked on this project. I'm super excited. I do have a question. The copy of the LDA that I downloaded yesterday and read all 83, 88 pages <laughs> was awesome. Um, didn't specifically exclude the CAM on Exhibit A. I see that it is here. Can we just for clarity state the disposition of, sorry, the, um, the cultural center and the land that was previously earmarked for that? I could. Do you want to take that? Nick. So the land disposition agreement um, has been updated. It has a sentence in the fourth whereas clause now that says, for avoidance of doubt, this project area excludes the premises leased to the Cultural Alliance of Medfield. Thank you. I, agree. I appreciate that greatly. Sure. I had one other quick question, if you don't mind. 
Um, there is a uh, section in the LDA that talks about the mixture of units, including the ones that are multi-bedroom. And we know that that is a particular concern because of its uh, impact on schools and water. The sentence right after that, and I'm sorry I didn't print it, um, talks about the ability to um, file for a change. I just want to understand the parameters of that change um, since that mixture can affect the water and school reports that were done. Sure. So when Trinity originally proposed the project, um, they had a lower number of three bedrooms. And as we were going through the due diligence process, we were um, reminded of a policy for any projects that receive funding from state agencies for affordable housing. They do have to comply with a policy that states that 10% of all units need to be three bedrooms. So after that, um, Trinity went back through the buildings, confirmed that they could fit the additional three bedrooms to comply with that policy. So their original proposal had 11 three-bedroom units throughout the project. It is now up to 34 three-bedrooms, and that's to comply with the policy. So there is language in there that says that if Trinity were to pursue a waiver and receive such a waiver, that they could re potentially reduce the number of three-bedrooms. It would not allow for any increases to the number of three-bedrooms in the project. And can, sorry, just, just for clarity, it would not allow for any increase in the number of multi-bedroom units, correct? it wouldn't allow, it's specifically about the three bedroom piece. We don't want to see all of a sudden it go from 34 to 65 three bedrooms. That's the intention of um, the language in the, in the LDA. Great, thank you for the clarity. Okay, thank you. Let me ask if there are any questions in our tent. Bob, we have any questions? I see none. Thank you. Any questions in the library? Oh, oh. oh. One question in the back, approach okay. the microphone. We're going to get a question from the tent. Hi, Matt Perillo, 44 Evergreen Way. Uh, deeply grateful for all the work that was done. Um, question I had, and I apologize that I haven't read the agreement. Um, does the, the agreement lay out what would happen if Trinity were to uh, sell off the property or flip the property to another entity? Would all the agreements, terms that are protecting the town be carried forward to the next company, or what would happen, I guess, is the question I have. Thanks. There's a few different pieces to that. Lisa, If you would you mind providing a little bit of, um, from the legal perspective, as to what um, could happen in those situations? Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to do so. So Lisa Mead, a special town council, um, so first of all, there's a prohibition on doing that in the agreement uh, until the project is complete and receives a certificate of completion, uh, and then it's maximum of five years after that that they have to maintain it. So there's a prohibition on doing that. Um, if they uh, falter and start to default in the middle of the project, there's a reverter clause back to the town with a cure clause by any financial institution. So Trinity's not allowed to transfer during the project um, unless it's a wholly owned entity, a single purpose entity owned by Trinity. Microphone number one. Yes, Randy Rogers on Copperwood Road. Question, I think for the um, Warrant Committee, your projected finances report 1.3 million of gross revenues. I presume that that includes the 1 million from Trinity for the school department. No? Okay. Uh, so the, the answer to your question is the 1.3 does not include 
the $1 million payment for the schools. Okay, so it's a surplus of 474 for the town plus extra surplus for the school department? Yeah, the annual fiscal, the net impact between revenues, annual revenues, and expenses is 474000 The million dollars is a one-time non-contingent payment. Okay, answers my question. Thank you. Microphone number one. Thank you, Mr. Bellarida. John Harney, 17 Maplewood Road. A couple of questions, perhaps, for the attorney who was representing the town, I understand, uh, in this matter. Uh, are you confident that this LDA is timely presented to this town? And there are a number of points in it which look forward. What authority does the Board of Selectmen have to do what pretty much what they want if we approve this tonight? Through the moderator. So the LDA has uh, a number of safeguards. It was, first of all, the LDA is clear that um, the Board of Selectmen can make changes, but at no time may it exceed the number of units that's proposed in the LDA cur currently. Secondly, the LDA is tied to the design and the number of units that is attached to the LDA and was approved as coming out of the RFP and for which the, all of the peer review and reviews occurred during the due diligence period. So are you telling me if the Trinity asked for waivers, that the selectmen can decide to grant the waivers or not grant the waivers? Well, the Board of Selectmen don't have authority to grant waivers from permit-granting agencies. The, the Trinity would have to get their permits from the independent permit-granting agencies like any other developer. Well, now that's, that's interesting, because if Trinity wants to change the 34 three-bedrooms, and it says right in the LDA, of course, that they can seek a waiver. And you're telling me that wouldn't come back to the town? So I want to be clear. There are two different kinds of things. The waiver that you just discussed is the waiver related to the number of three-bedroom units, which is tied to the mass housing, uh, the HCD's policy on three-bedroom units. So the Board of Selectmen is tied to what the language is in the LDA, as is Trinity. I was also talking separately about the independent agencies who have authority, right. um, but Trinity has to present a if, uh, if we, plan that is consistent with the LDA. If we look at that spread of bedrooms, we have 100 that aren't designated as either. Hey, John, two. questions? Well, we'll, we'll it, it, is, it is, Mr. Moderator, it is a question. How many bedrooms are too many bedrooms to put in this uh, development that we're talking about. And if, if they are limited to the 334, how many of those can be three bedrooms? So that the LDA says the number of units is listed, limited to 334. It then goes on to say that the bedroom configuration shall not exceed 34 three-bedroom units, nor more than 100 two-bedroom units. Yes, and go on. Where's the other hundred? So those would be the, 
those would be singles or studios. This would be how many studios and how many one bedrooms? Well, sir, I haven't done the math, so I'm a lawyer and not an accountant. Um, well, there's three, 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 so four. So 134, so you have 200 units left, if my math is correct, don't hold me to it, which could be studios and ones. But not three bedrooms. That's correct. Now, we uh, have our town council, this Mr. Sorrell, I understand you've been engaged by this Board of Selectmen? Yes, sir. And could I ask the Board of Selectmen where their funding came from? The, the, if, if you're talking about the overall cost of the town for the project, Trinity has committed $525,000 uh, to reimburse the town for expenses associated with this project. So at least indirectly, Trinity is paying for our council. Well, let me be clear. My obligations are to the town of Medfield, and it's no different than any other peer review or outside consultant paid for by a developer. Okay, John, I'm going to invite you back when we get to the point of comments, well, well, unless you have another question. I, I do. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, the, it was mentioned by the gentleman from Evergreen Way that there's a million dollars to be contributed I think the state of Massachusetts would say that that's a payment to the town. Now tell me how you make the distinction. So, so the LDA is very clear. It says the designated developer shall pay a mitigation payment to the town of Medfield School Department for the sole purpose of offset impacts on the schools in the town of Medfield Public Schools of $1 million. And I'm, I'm querying the question. Uh, the word, contribution, we pay for the schools. The town pays. It makes it its decision about what the school gets as a school budget. And now, now we have a third party coming in here, not the town meeting and not recommended by the Warren Committee, but you're contributing a million dollars. If I was the DCAM, I'd say half of that is ours. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, any other questions in the library? Thank you for cutting me off, Mr. Moderator. I did just cut you off. You can come back and make, yeah. if you want to come back and make comments, there's going to be an opportunity for that. How many more questions? Just one. How about Okay, that? please. I'll, I'll, I'll Final question. Me. We had in the, uh, in the uh, PDA a question of a million dollars going to uh, the Cultural Alliance of Medfield. Are you still giving that? That was not in the final PDA, sir. I know it's not. I've been meticulously through this. But is that still going? No, sir, and it was not in the final PDA either. Well, it's germane to this meeting whether uh, CAM is getting a million dollars or not. And again, I would suggest to you, you put it in the PDA, and if I were reading at DCAM, I'd say that's coming to Medfield, because that's the way it was worded in the PDA. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Thank you. Microphone number two, please. Uh, hi, Barry Jones, uh, Bridalfield Lane. Easiest question of the night. The 334 units, are they for purchase or are they rentals? They are rentals. Those are rental units. Any more questions? We have a question in the library. We have somebody in the library, yes. please. Yes. Hi, I'm Chris Hazard, 78 Spring Street. I'm on the Open Space Committee and Forest and Trails and concerned about, I'd like to ask Trinity 
I see they've left a lot of open space around their project. But my concern is if you look on the map, uh, square number 28, the blue line looks wickedly close to the property line. And I wonder how much space there is there for anyone to get through. I, I hope that Trinity will leave a nice horseshoe of open space around their project. And I'm, I'd like to ask Trinity how much space there is there. Then I want to look at square number one and two, which is down opposite the green. And I heard that Trinity would allow access through that little area to get to the field to the left of one, two, and seven. So could Trinity assure that people, dogs, walkers, can get through there easily the way they, they do now? My understanding was they promised to allow green space around their property. Okay? Is it on? Oh, it's on. Yes, uh, right now on the public access plan, the blue line really is a representation of the property line and we're happy to, as I mentioned earlier, have people walk through the project as long as they are respectful, pick up after their dogs, as you would in uh, any neighborhood. We are allowing a, f we are providing a formal easement area uh, down by Hospital Road as part of the uh, RFP response. Um, there are groups who would like access to be maintained between the state land and the town lands, and that's a formal area. Um, we will be working on a public access plan with kind of rules and regulations as we do in all of our de developments um, for public access as you would anticipate in any neighborhood. And also, on behalf of the town, I'll add that the roads themselves will also be public. Um, so roads and sidewalks will be granted access as if you were in any other public road in the town of Medfield. Okay, final questions for the tent? If there are none, we do we have, have one, one, one question. question. Yes, uh, this should be a simple one too. It's uh, John Nealon of Copperwood Road. Uh, this goes back to the very first question tonight about the, uh, the CAM um, lease area. Are we actually transferring that land under the lease to the developer, or is it staying under town ownership and being leased by the town to CAM? Thank you. Good question. There are... The town will retain... Um, the, it will, the town will continue to lease that property to the Cultural Alliance of Medfield. Uh, the, the sale of land to Trinity is exclusive of CAM's leased premises. Thank you. Okay, well thank you. Okay, we have uh, two final questions. Microphone number one and microphone number two, please. Jerry Kazanjan, 77 Granite Street. You mentioned a community building. Can you tell me on the map which building that is? And what are you going, what size of the building? Any ideas? What are your plans for that building? 
Um, we are talking about building number 26 right now, which is in the center of the site. It's approximately 11,000 square feet. We anticipate this as having um, potential amenities for our residents and also a community room where groups such as the Boy Scouts could come and use it. Uh, we're also looking at um, other buildings where there are possibly areas for the Boy Scouts to use. Thank you very much. You never got, you never got back to me, but thank you for tonight. Thank you. Well, I'm still the answer. Microphone number two, please. Hi, Kevin Stoddard, Six Baker Road. I have two questions, but I'll ask one to uh, move this along. What, can you speak to, and I guess this would be the developer, the idea of converting to condos after five years of ownership? How many units would that be? And what's the impact on 40B and the affordable housing count in the event you go that route? So the potential for converting apartments into condominiums would only happen after the five-year historic tax credit compl compliance period is, is over, and that's five years after certificate of occupancy is received. Uh, this is something that uh, we have not typically done as a developer, but it is an option um, that exists. So we are not, we don't have plans at this point in time to do that. It's not what we're focused on. As I said earlier, we're focusing on tonight. Um, but again, the, the option is there, and so we don't have specifics on what that would look like. Um, the other question about 40B, I think, do you want to speak to that? Maybe I can help on that. So maybe just a step back. It's 334 apartments. They're, they're all rental. 25% of those will be affordable because that's the town's bylaw. So that's required for Trinity to do 25% affordable. The way the state counts units for purposes of what they call the subsidized housing inventory is you count all 100% of an apartment property even if, you know, 25% are affordable. So I would say initially we'd have 334 units um, added to the subsidized housing inventory, which I think is a generational solution for our town to 40B. I mean, your kids, probably their kids, never have to talk about 40B again. And if some of these units are converted to condos after five years, the affordability restriction remains on the 85. So they'll always be, even if they're home ownership or whatever, there will always be 85 affordable units up at the site. So, but all 334 today, Todd, would go towards the count. 10% of those would be the 33. So even if they were to convert units to condos, the 85 would stay as rentals? Is that right, or would those be Well, I think the purchased? state, I mean, I think you probably technically could convert to affordable homeownership on those 85. I don't think that's prohibited, but my point is the affordability restriction that the town requires survives any you know, conversion sale of the property. It's in perpetuity and recorded against the property. Okay. Okay. Go to the tent. Question from the tent? Yes. We have one final question, please, Mr. Moderator. Hi, I'm Kathleen Darian at 1 Stephen Lane. I'm, I'm trying to look at the slides and the map here, and I'm wondering about parking. If we're going to have 334 units, and some of them are multi-bedroom, I'm thinking there's going to be more than one car per unit. Plus, we're going to have all these wonderful um, events up at Belford. So I'm wondering how parking and 
for the residents as well as the events are going to be. Sure. Hello. So the way we plan parking actually falls within the zoning and what's allowed under the zoning. Uh, we're planning on one and a half parking spaces for studios and one bedrooms, two parking spaces for two bedrooms and three bedrooms. We're also planning on one guest parking space for um, visitors to the campus uh, for every three bedroom unit. So that's 112 parking spaces uh, that will be available to guests and residents in addition to parking that CAM has as part of its lease. Um, we are proposing a parking lot that will be open to the public. It's on the water tower site. That's an easement the town is going to give us um, to build a parking lot there and maintain that parking lot. Um, and again, as we um, work through the planning process and, and submit our plans to the town, I'm sure we'll be getting more feedback on the proposed parking configuration and where parking is desired um, in accordance with what we put forth preliminarily. Thank you. Thank you. This is our last question. Sorry, Peggy Sewer, the Sin 28 South Street. I'm just revisiting this first question, I'm sorry, but the language is um, still a little confusing to me. So can we just clearly state who will be open, who will own the land in the CAM lease area after this agreement? Okay, Scott, the, the, the town will own the land. The town owns the land now, and the town will own the land if this proposal goes forward, right? And I, I think, so people understand, other than the laundry parcel and the water tower parcel, all of that land that was in that big parcel A in the red that I showed earlier is, is one piece of land right now. So as part of this going forward, it will be subdivided, you know, if this is approved tonight, to the areas that Trinity will acquire, and as part of that, the CAM parcel will be carved off and retained by the town. There's no reason to do that if this doesn't pass because the town owns those buildings and the lease with CAM goes for another probably 96 years. Okay, thank you. I'd like to welcome uh, Denise Garlick, Representative Denise Garlick. How are you, Denise? Thank you. Thanks for being here. Okay. If I could first ask opponents, if your opponents to line up at microphone number one or to line up in the tent so I can do a little assessment and then we'll ask proponents. If you're an opponent and you want to speak in opposition to the motion, Please line up at microphone number one. If you're an opponent and you would like to speak in opposition and you're in the tent, please go to the microphone. If you're an opponent and you would like to speak in opposition in the library, please go to the microphone. Mike, right there, John, if that's okay. John Harney, 17 Maplewood Road. And I rise somewhat reluctantly. I re realize that we've spent now, what, an hour and three quarters, and it's been all so positive for doing this. I am as totally opposed to it. We went out with 150 some pieces of paper, of descriptions of the property. We got a lot of responses. 
dozens of them, I think 47. We brought it down to 11 who actually walked the property. And we end up with two. And somehow or other, violation of the English language, this became the most advantageous. Pote was never seriously considered. I, I will take that back. I didn't perceive that Pote was seriously uh, considered. The committee we set up here, the, the development committee, is thoroughly, and I mean thoroughly, experienced in affordable housing. The attorneys on both sides are thoroughly experienced in affordable housing. Medfield, as you've heard, bought 127 acres for $3.1 million, which the town, uh, perhaps uh, assistant, assistant uh, administrator could tell us, if we paid that off, Nick, have we paid off the three, one, three million one? Not, not quite yet, but it must be within a couple of nickels. Anyhow, $3.1 million for 127 acres of Medfield land with 30 acres on each side of that land permanently state-owned and will remain open. So there's no question about where the ball fields are and so forth. That stays open with the town, although there's 12 of it, which theoretically could be developed. I'm not going to uh, bore you with a lot of facts that would be arguments against doing this. But I'd ask you to think about what kind of a legacy you personally want to make to, to the people of Medfield who are perhaps not yet born. You want to really sacrifice this acreage to a developer, the only developer, Pote at least offered 44 million and would have done six to 700 units probably. But you're getting 334 on 45 acres and they're going to run the water and sewer to the whole project, that is, the whole campus. And if you watched the, uh, Mr. Murphy the other night with the Warrant Committee, it was almost a promise those would be developed, and soon. Okay? So this is one bite of the apple. And it's, uh, in my view, terribly regrettable. No other, no alternative and I've been through 30 years of interest in the hospital. And I worked with Mike Sullivan, not that he necessarily agreed with me. He, he thought the 440 was the best for the town, the best offer we'd ever get. I didn't think so. And the townspeople at the 2014 meeting didn't think so either. It turns out that for all the praise that's being put on the plan as being a a wonderful plan. It wasn't a wonderful plan. It isn't a wonderful plan. It really wasn't a plan at all. It was recommendations to the selectmen and was time and time again said not to be a plan that the town was going to implement. And yet here we get it praised up and, up and down. It's uh, stressful to, to be talking to generations, two generations behind me. 
and I understand. You're looking at an old man talking about what used to be, but they're not making Medfield land anymore. And you really ought to think about the alternatives that should have been pursued for that property and weren't. You know, we could, we're having, thanks to the Affordable Housing Committee, which has worked creatively and diligently, and they deserve a lot of credit. But we met 40B, and if I can hear them saying, well, you've fallen out of it, only for a little while. There's more building that will be going on at Tilden, and there's more building that's always in the works because developers find more buildings, more, not necessarily the largest one that Medfield has ever done. This is three times the size of, more than three times the size of Wilkins Glen. And three, 96 units at the park, this dwarfs that. So just consider what you're voting for, if you vote for this. It's, it's a uh, okay, John. terrible, you're calling my time, Scott. I'm just they saying. They only had an hour and a half, right? No, I'm, I'm not calling. I'm just saying, look, uh, service, you know, has privilege, but you should try to wind it up. Well, we know where all these gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen up in front of us, I didn't see any of them, any of them, with the exception of Mr. Peterson and Mr. Burby at some of the, some of the meetings on the hospital. And that goes back for decades. Okay. So take to prayer what you're going to do tonight, how you're going to vote, because this is a, a key key piece of land for Medfield. It's the best, most scenic property in, Western, in this western part of uh, the Boston suburbs. All right, I thank you for your attention. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I saw Representative Sean Dooley earlier. Is Rep Dooley here as well? No, okay. Might be in the library. Okay, microphone number one in opposition. Rich Callahan, Maplewood Road, Medfield. So I'll apologize in advance. I haven't been able to attend all these meetings, and hopefully I'm not regurgitating anything that's been discussed before, but just a few little uh, things I want to share, brainstorming. I've been involved in some of these meetings over the years, starting with the park, the fire uh, police station, this event. I think we have to be a little bit more pragmatic, whether you're pro or against the, the, the argument. It seems like the narrative is always selling fear. You talk about supply chains, rising interest rates, turbulent political climates. I'd like to know what exactly is a turbulent political climate. Okay, number one, supply chains. I'm in the industry. Supply chains are getting better. We just came from COVID. Things are getting better. Rising interest rates. It's the fear interest rates are going, going up. Yeah, they are going up. But nobody's talking about when the economy gets to a certain point, interest rates are going to come back. Okay, the, the Federal Reserve won't let the economy get too crazy with interest rates. Um, with Mr. Harney said, we bought this piece of land for $3.1 million. It doesn't seem like we've monetized it over the years. I know I'm being Monday morning quarterback, but I'd like to know, did the town put any effort in hiring somebody to leverage that land. We've had movies up there, we've had car events, auctions. That's a beautiful piece of land that could have been leveraged. Somebody could have been hired by the town, we could have leveraged that land. 
buying the land for 3.1 and what it's turning into, if I was in charge, I'd fire somebody. I think it's just, it's, it could have been monetized much better. Trinity, I don't know if you can disclose this or not, but do you have any profit projections on what you plan to yield from this project? Trinity, can you share your profit projections, if possible, what you plan to yield on this project? So Trinity's pro forma is posted on the town's website, along with a peer review by Peregrine Group, which is a consultant retained by the town. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. I just wanted to share those thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Further opposition? Okay. Microphone number one. So I'm Debbie Barrow. I'm 10 Copperwood Road. And John, I want to thank you. For those of us who really value and appreciate open space and recognize just how magnificent this parcel of land is, um, I think there are two different issues. Is this a good development, a good project? Um, for people who really value the open space, there's no project that's going to be um, satisfactory. It's not going to make it. So, John, Mr. Harney has for years been the defender of open space, and I thank you, and I stand with you. Okay. Uh, it appears we have no more speakers in opposition. Uh, if anybody wants to feel compelled to speak as a proponent, only if they have new information to provide that hasn't been provided by our speakers, or have something that could provide us further insight as a committee, please approach microphone number two. Uh, thank you, Mr. Moderator. Uh, Bill Massaro, so you've heard my name tonight, and you're probably surprised that I'm standing up here, and I hope to give you my reasons why I'm here. Um, so before I get to my comment on the article, I, I, for any new faces that are here, uh, I have a very brief summary on my uh, long, 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 my wife would say long, 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 long involvement with the, uh, with the hospital and all of the issues over the years that related to the hospital. In 2013, I was on the committee that negotiated the settlement with the state. We got them to remove the 100-year toxic hospital landfill that was alongside and in the Charles River. We had fought since 2010 long and hard, and we got them to restore the wetlands, create the Charles River Gateway Overlook, and ensure that using the trails there would never be a risk to residents of any future development or to the general public. So I point that out because I was never against a development. I had issues with a particular development. I was on the committee that negotiated the town's 2014 purchase of the property. I attended every meeting for four years of the hospital master plan committee. And then in November of 2019, at the special town meeting, I led the close but unsuccessful effort to defeat the pr proposed zoning. This would have put the master plant's preferred scenario out for bid. Now, my main opposition to preferred scenario was the 30% commercial content. We had 
two marketing studies that said there would be little demand for commercial, market, for commercial space. I had warned about the risk that if this commercial rental failed, the scenario's 335 housing units would be significantly increased and the estimated number of school-aged children could be doubled. All right, so where are we now? So the Trinity Project and the LDA that we're voting on tonight has been reviewed and favorably reported on by the town's boards, departments, and committees. So they're putting their, their future reputations on the line with this. What about this scenario? It's not the preferred scenario that I argued against. It has no commercial content. It caps the number of residential units, and it includes financial consideration to mitigate any unforeseen or underestimated impact on the schools. All right, so to John Harney for all of his efforts, to John Thompson for all their efforts, to the, all the committees and individuals who have worked for this, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm going to be voting yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, back to the library. Back to the library. Any, anyone interested in speaking in, as a proponent? Back to the tent. Do we have any speakers? We're good in the library. Library? We're good in the library. Good in the library. Thank you. Thanks. How about the tent? We're okay here. Okay, in the tent. Final comment at microphone number two. Uh, thank you, Mr. Moderator. My name is Jim Nail, 97 Hartford Street. I'm a member of the Medfield Energy Committee and have led a work group that has worked with Todd and the development committee on this project. Um, the energy committee's charger, charter is to advise the town on saving money and improving the environment through the more efficient use of energy resources. So it's outside of our charter to make a recommendation on the project overall, but it is within our charter to bring that advice and that evaluation of the positive energy impacts of this proposal. We've estimated that this development could have uh, significant energy increases and carbon emission increases depending on how the project is developed and the design and construction details. Trinity's uh, proposal works to minimize these in four ways. First, by preserving all these buildings and rehabilitating them, it's obviously much more environmentally responsible than demolishing them and creating lots of waste uh, requiring lots of new construction materials which have their own energy and carbon uh, emissions associated with them. Second, uh, they have committed to an all-electric campus, so they are not bringing in natural gas, they are not using fossil fuels, and so over time, as our electric grid becomes more renewable, this will be a very low-carbon development. Third, their team includes outside consulting firms with knowledge, experience, and a track record of reducing energy consumption and carbon emissions in the developments they have built. And fourth, as Abby said, uh, I've had some conversations with uh, Trinity and their team that have been very constructive and collaborative. Yes, we're going to continue to push them. We're going to continue to bring them other innovative ideas on continually lowering the energy uh, usage and carbon emissions of the campus, and I've been very pleased with their openness and their willingness to dialogue on that. So if the town decides to approve this project, the Medfield Energy Committee believes that Trinity will produce a development that is responsible and sustainable, and we welcome the opportunity to continue to work with them to develop a very responsible project here. Thank you. Thank you.
We're going to put this to a vote. Excuse me. Look, I called the vote. We're going to vote. You are the folks that I'm, I apologize to in my, my opening remarks, so I apologize. Okay, we're going to call a vote. Point of order. So you're going to allocate each of them two minutes. Got it. Okay. Thank you. I'm Bay Bancroft from Foundry Street. Um, for a slightly even longer perspective on this whole state hospital um, project, um, from the from the later 1970s through to wait, the. Wait, wait, wait. If I could yeah. just uh, excuse me very much. I'd ask the other yeah. people to step back from the microphone. Gene, I'm sorry. I oh. had already called the vote. I know that you know you have a lot to to say. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get there, David. If you have something to say, you can wait right there. But that's going to be our last comment. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. Um, from the later 1970s through the 80s, early in my 25 years' work on Medfield planning projects, the future of the state hospital began to concern us all. It was evident the hospital was winding down. Many new scenarios came to mind. Most of them alarming. Medfield's a small town, and this was an expansive and beautiful state property, the campus, the 400 acres of fields and woods above the Charles. So in 1981, 41 years ago, our first act as a town was to rezone the land so it could never be subdivided into regulation house lots. With its broad acres of prime soils, we zoned the open land agricultural. Then in 1984, as computer and IT companies flooded into Boston, the state sought sites for a major microelectronics training center. The town submitted a proposal on using the hospital site, but the planned project fizzled. In 1994, we created the Hospital Farm Historic District, protecting the vintage campus. In 2014, we purchased the site, now in control of its destiny. In the years since, many of us have come to use, know, and love the place. Tonight, in 2022, after an eight-year marathon of truly extraordinary community planning, here we are. Will we now launch a new epic, reimagine the old, build a vibrant new community up there? Can we so honor the legacy of the hospital itself show ourselves worthy of its compelling history. Trinity's proposal, paired with a stunning new Belforge Arts Center, is rare, elegant, and alive with the spirit and the humane mission of the old hospital. Approval of this article will be a bold move by Medfield, our town, whose people so often over the past 370 years have been bold when it mattered the most. We've come so far, let's say yes. Thank you. Okay, David, wind Thank us you. up. Thank you. You, you, had, can you. you had said two minutes. I'm going to take one minute, and I'm going to give my second minute to Gene Minio. <laughs> whoa, whoa. 
with the moderator. Do you want the microphone? Oh, there you go. Thank yeah. you for that. Uh, I'm David Temple, 300 South Street. I'm president of the Historical Society and co-chair of the Historical Commission. We've been debating this thing for decades. Over and over, residents have said what they want is want that what they want. No private golf clubs. Instead, open space with public access, uh, restoration of the historic buildings, and an art center. We've got a good plan here. It meets the goals. Uh, far better than anything else that's come up since the uh, early days of the Clinton administration. I'm, I'm sure that there are little things in the plan that I wish were going to be done differently. I'm sure other people here feel the same way. They can find they pick up other things that they might want to put on their wish list. But let's not let perfect be the enemy of the good. Trinity has a long track record of success with big projects uh, in, involving historic res uh, restoration. They know the ins and outs of uh, getting the historic tax credits that uh, make it practical to restore these buildings. Um, my brother John was a consultant who worked in, with senior executives on corporate communications projects. I just, I didn't know it, but he recently told me that Trinity was his favorite client in the early 2000s, bright and honorable professionals who were a pleasure to work with. He mentioned Abby Goldenfarb by name. Please, don't let in a perf perfect be the enemy of the good and vote this yes for this. Okay. Thank you, David. I'm Jean Minio, 3 Alder Road, and this the is executive director of the Belforge Art Center. Uh, two very quick points, and I just want to be very clear that I'm an enthusiastic yes vote for this project. We have no concerns about our lease relative to the PDA was point number one. Uh, point number two, Trinity's payment to CAM is not in the LDA, and we support this as well. Uh, it's clear to me that uh, Trinity loves the property almost as much as I do, and I ask you to vote yes. Okay, we're done. Gail, I'm sorry. Maybe it's you I'm, Maybe it's you I'm apologizing to in advance. I'm sorry, we're voting. Okay, we're gonna put this to a vote. I'm very sorry, Gil. Thank you. No, no, you're gonna make a liar out of me. No, no, not two minutes, we're voting. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm gonna put this to a vote. Thank you very much, thanks for all your time. I know all these people who have come up at the end have put an enormous amount of time, John, Bill, Everybody, Gil, Gene, you know, these people have been tremendous contributors on behalf of our community. So I'd love to give you all much, much more time, but I think we're, we're, ready, to, we're ready to vote. Are you ready to vote in the tent? Okay, ready to vote in the library? Okay, we're going to do it first by a voice vote. Motion was read by uh, Warren Committee Member Steve Callahan. That's the motion that we're voting on. So all in favor of this motion, please say aye. Opposed? Okay, uh, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it with a show of hands. If uh, all in favor, please raise your hand. All opposed? I'm going to declare that the vote passes by the two-thirds required by law. If anybody has an objection to that, in terms of, I, I don't think you will, around the, uh, the clarity of that count. If not, okay. So we're moving on to our, our Article 2. We're going to get a, a motion again from Jeremy Marset of the Warren Committee on Article Number 2.
move that the town adopt the amendment to the Medfield Town Code Article 300-20, Zoning, Medfield State Hospital District, Sections 300-20.3b, dot, parentheses 1, parentheses D, comma, Sections 300-20.5, comma, and Sections 300-20.13, as printed in the warrant. And do you have a report? We do. Warrant Article 2 is a minor zoning amendment to Medfield Town Code Article 300-20, Zoning Medfield State Hospital District. The Medfield State Hospital Zoning District was established at the November 2019 Special Town Meeting to help implement the vision of the Medfield State Hospital Master Plan. The proposed zoning amendment would update the permitted uses and dimensional requirements of the, of the Northfield subdistrict to include the redevelopment of the existing building number 13 for multifamily family residential use. The Warrant Committee recommends passage, supporting the zoning amendment with a vote of eight to zero in favor. Okay, uh, by statute, we need to get a report from the Planning Board, uh, Paul. Planning boards wear multiple hats, a proactive one and a reactive one. As a proactive measure, the Medfield Planning Board ardently supports the Medfield State Hospital Redevelopment Plan as proposed by Trinity and the Land Disposition Agreement as negotiated by the Board of Selectmen. We couldn't be more pleased with the manifestation of the Medfield State Hospital Strategic Reuse Master Plan. As you know, the plan is awarded two special accommodations from the state and national chapters of American Planning Association as an outstanding special project plan that addresses the redevelopment. That's the one you gave me. Apologies. Uh, we've got a we have a planning board report on Article Two. The purpose of the zoning bylaw amendment is to allow the development of a building 13 in the North Field the 2018 strategic reuse plan for that building to be demolished so the rezoning which was passed in 2019 did not accommodate account for the reuse. Trinity intends on rehabilitating building 13 as such needs a rezoning amendment to allow for multi-family development with ancillary infrastructure. The planning board did vote unanimously. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all. Let's vote. Thank you. Okay, would anybody like to ask any questions or speak in opposition to Article 2? Okay, if there's no opposition, we're going to put this to a vote. It does require a two-thirds vote. First by voice. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? And by hands, a show of hands. Okay, looking at the library and looking at the tent, I'm going to declare that Article 2 also passes by the required two-thirds vote. <laughs> lots of thank yous are in order uh, to lots of the people that you heard speak tonight who are here with us tonight as visitors, to everybody on the podium, to many, many of you who have put in order. I just want to thank you on behalf of the town for all that you did. I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. All in favor, say aye. Opposed? We're adjourned. Have a great, great summer. Be safe, have fun, enjoy.
Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, 700 and 726 of our friends and neighbors gathered with you here tonight to vote. So thank you very, very much for being here. Congratulations to the girls.